0: Attention, human. Prepare yourself for the double
1: pick cast. Welcome back to the Double Pit Podcast, where almost every week we catch you up on the goings-on within the world of Transformers, the trading card game. Today with me, I have Cam and Sean, as always, the Dynamic Trio.
2: Yo, what's up? Hey, what's going on, everyone?
1: And with that said, we're going to kick right into it. We wanted to talk today about the effect of the competitive scene on the casual gameplay for your average everyday uh, Transformers the Card Game, you know, lover of the the IP. Cam, you had had a take on that and how they impact the the meta and the gameplay and average parents buying cards for their children.
0: Yeah. So uh, the thing that made me think of this was the recent banning of uh, multi-mission gear, a card from Wave 1, for reasons we can get into later. Uh, and, and anytime there's something, anything at all, any type of announcement, uh, it, it seems like, to me, that there's a huge uproar, positive, negative, indifferent, from uh, people around our age that have played a ton of different card games. And it's they're necess- these folks don't have, uh, I don't know, it seems like their stakes in it, it's more of a competitive hobby for them. And to me, when when the Transformers trading card game was first released, the message was, you know, fun for all, uh, very quick action, robots fighting robots. Uh, it's an IP that's based in a cartoon that, yes, many people enjoyed in the early 80s, uh, but there's also kids who are watching Transformers now and are getting into this. And you know, what do they see when they first jump onto the Facebook group? When they first jump onto Twitter or or anywhere to or the the YouTube? You know, YouTube's very popular. They they listen to a YouTube video. What what is the first impression that they get?
2: What I would say, just personally, because I kind of came into that kind of situation, but I'm you know, as an older. Uh, CCG player kind of last year when I got into it. You know, I'd, I just found him on clearance at uh, GameStop for like half off, 75% off, got, you know, the decks, bought some packs, went on the face. But, of course, it wasn't as competitive as now because it was just Wave 1 was still out and Combiners was about to come out. Uh, but, you know, I didn't really pay. There wasn't really a competitive scene, you know, and the meta decks really... You had the Optimists and you had Blue Bugs. That was about it, but it it still didn't sway me from like getting more into the game. But you know, I wasn't looking to get into a big competitive scene, anyways. I just wanted to have fun. Uh, but I can see how like as a brand new player as a TCG, it would be a little overwhelming. But. Looking at other games, let's say they wanted to get into Magic the first time, then they go on to the Magic Facebook groups or something, or the Magic Reddit groups. is going to be ten times worse than it is the Transformers TCG. Uh, so I would say it would probably be overwhelming for a new person, but it would probably be less overwhelming than other card games like Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh!, Magic, the, the other big guys that have such a, a big competitive scene already. You know, at least the competitive scene in Transformers, it's new. It's still only, you know, what, two seasons, two expansions. We've really had organized play. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's there's still a lot of birth pangs. I was there at the beginning of the the competitive play scene for Magic and everything. That was like, you know, had to get, you know, one, you had type 1, type 1.5, type 2, type 2 limited, type 1 limited. You know, it was it was insane. So I I would say it's probably less overwhelming than other games, but it's still going to be a little overwhelming, especially when you just have this competitive scene booming and it is Mm -hmm. gaining in popularity. You can at least see that.
1: Mm -hmm. So and you guys feel free to stop me anytime you want, but I'm going in. Right. So the thing about this. Games in general, right? When's the last game that you've ever seen that's catered exclusively towards a casual or, you know, friendly type of uh, child-friendly audience that did not have a competitive scene and lasted, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this would be the same, you know, type of from a business standpoint or from a exposure to the marketplace standpoint is let's say your NBA, your NFLs, right? We all know that nobody is going to nobody's playing pickup basketball, you know. Every weekend is going to the NBA, right? It, it ain't gonna happen. However, they do look at that and say, okay, you know, there's a reason that you know. I believe in this country. I think it's like football and basketball are the most popular sports because they are shown the most and they have a competitive you know a highly populous a highly publicized competitive scene that is in depth and has a bit of something for everybody and then even breaking it down into your local hey my kids like you know Yao Ming or Tim Duncan or you know uh, Manu Ginobili or you know uh, the Admiral or any <clears throat> any of the greats right um You know, they they can recognize that and then they get into playing the sport, right? Not at a competitive level, but just saying, hey, that guy over there looks cool. That thing looks cool. There's something happening. I want to go play that, right? Why do I bring that up? Because it transitions us into this game, right? If this game doesn't have, in my opinion, if this game doesn't have a, a public competitive scene, then this game is going to die like all of the other games that did not have a public competitive scene. I mean, you could say that with, I think it was what, like a, a card captor. There, there's, there's so many of them that um, fighting versus thing, that that Street Fighter what was that? Mortal Kombat versus game. system? Not verse system because that was uh, slightly different, but it was it was similar to it. was like fighting something. I don't know, but it had like uh, Street Fighter characters and Mortal Kombat characters and and um soul caliber character i mean oh all yeah, the i know what you're talking about yeah 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 exactly they, yeah they kind of have that
2: with the godzilla it's <laughs> compatible with other game or something too
1: so you know and this is just me i'm not picking on <clears throat> any specific game or system or whatever i'm just saying you can go through the uh history of games that have lasted and games that came up were you know were popular for 2 seconds and then died Right, and I guarantee you, you can tie them all. All the games that have lasted, and I, and please correct me if I'm wrong. Every game that has lasted has a structured competitive format at high level competition, a high level competitive play. And if you want this game to last, that's what you're gonna have to have. Now, you know, go into the trolls and the people on the interwebs who are upset about X, Y, and Z. Uh, you know, you just gotta you know that's that's just part of the game you know for yeah. whatever reason i don't think anybody ever gets away from that but you know as far as these bands go bands typically are i think the game is doing well right as there's only what three bands and two years so i mean it's not one year not
0: yeah one, one year
1: yeah yep. so well i guess that doubles here you know but it's not awful Right, I mean, I've seen it, you know, seen better, seen worse, but it's not terrible. It's not like every single week I'm going to come in and there's going to be a new ruling or there's going to be a a card that gets banned and there's going to be no stability. I think that they're trying their best to keep that stability. And all of that is to say, if they do that well, if they structure the competitive scene well, then it's going to be good for the people who buy those cards for their kids because the game won't be around. The value on the cards, the expected value. I'm sorry. Let, let's just go. You know, use the terms right. The the EV for the pulls that they get will make the kids happier, even if they don't realize it initially. They'll know, hey, I've got, you know, this transformer. I've got. I, I pulled an Optimus Prime battlefield legend, and it's worth something, right? Not necessarily. Oh, it's just worth nothing, right? Because it's garbage. No, he's like. They're they're maintaining value and protecting their their investment on this, which in turn becomes good for the game, which in the long term becomes good for the casual player who gets cards from their parents. That's my two cents.
0: Yeah, and and, you know, there's definitely a population out there because I was one of the guys, kids, I guess, when Pokemon came out, when Mm -hmm. it first came out. We just played at school. We played you know, at each other's houses, we put them in binders and that was it. There was no, we went to Toys R Us and there was an organized league and stuff like that. But even that was was harmless fun, right? So there's definitely a population of players and people that have purchased, consumers that have purchased this, that have no idea about organized play, that have no idea about any of the social media presence, uh, for better or for worse, that that comes along with any Any game, let alone this one, they just they play in their own microcosm. It's a Wednesday night family game night thing, whatever uh, bonding time between uh, parent and kid. So there's definitely uh, probably most of the population that uh, I'm speaking about uh, maybe being put off by the hyper competitiveness, which is beneficial for the longevity of the game, which you make a good point, Brandon, if it's in the conversation every you know, month or so, there's, there's some sort of event, uh, there's a reason to have folks show up for money games or prize support uh, tournaments at local gaming stores, awesome. But if, if uh, the appeal of the game, one of the pillars, and I don't want to put words in the design team's mouth, but if one of the pillars of this game is to be approachable and to serve the you know the target audience what are they what is the competitive scenes role in making sure that it's not extremely off-putting to want to know more about the game hey what are these rules like look it up nerd uh (laughs) you know um hey what does this deck look like or hey can somebody clarify the ruling on this card me and my son were playing last night and it's like uh, you know, this is posted somewhere, you know, it just that really abrasive nature that uh, may or may not just be perception. You know what I mean?
1: Oh, man, I think that, you know, because I've had a similar, you know, a similar experience with that, like rules and understanding the rulings. And for whatever reason, this game, maybe they're developing it now, but it doesn't have a comprehensive rule book. Right. Which is something you know a a in-depth comprehensive rule like magic does that would be you know the the easiest solution right so for those who don't know magic has comprehensive rules and it has an encyclopedia database of basically every ruling for every card right so you can go and say, okay, <clears throat> I have a question about, you know, Yagmas will, or I've got a question about, you know, Cantrip. whatever. It doesn't matter. You go over there, they'll give you, uh, you can look up that card specifically, and then it'll have subsections every time that card has been ruled or what the ruling is and why. Like, what's the physics behind it? They do a similar thing in Transformers with the rules roundup. Right. So that's that would kind of be like the light version of what it is that I feel that they need to have so that you do have a one stop shop because I myself, you know, I'm not an expert, but man, I have spent some I've logged some time trying to figure out exact anatomies of a turn uh, anatomies of a battle action what happens uh, if other things trigger and it's in between do these things get put on the stack and if so when and determining who you know does this and the other thing a lots of people probably won't you know get into that depth but it's definitely impactful like it'll have some basic questions hey if i do this with this character how does it affect you know, do I get a second turn? Do I get a blah blah blah? Whatever. You know, there should be a comprehensive rules section where every ruling, every one of those rules roundups, are cataloged and put into the um, the uh, Wizards Play Network page. That would that would eliminate some of that that business right off. Because I'm certainly not going to the internet to ask questions about rulings because it's an awful experience.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I think the the rules roundups of the Transformers trading card game posts, it's typically weekly, is all based on asked questions so that you can email into the Transformers uh, support email address with a specific question and they will answer it uh, for that case. So every week there's something similar to what what you're talking about. And I know they've talked about putting together something that's a little more uh, of a catch-all for uh, situations that are very similar.
1: Who do you think the target audience is?
0: The target audience is anybody who wants to buy it. Uh, They know... I I wrote a a short thing for my old job about the target audience of trading card games. Mm. The adults typically don't interact with the brand outside of playing the card game. Mm -hmm. The kids, teenagers, they interact with the television show Or Comic book or whatever and then they also play the game which it's I mean it's goes hand-in-hand with how toys are marketed so This Franchise has been around for what 35 years. Yep, so you've got me who Was in Beast Wars and watched reruns of the generation one series so people who watched it in the past are gravitating towards it. They've got disposable income. Hey, there's a trading card game. I watched this when I was a kid. That also aligns with the people that started playing Magic back in, what, 92, Sean? 93? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think the target audience is kids, and in quotes, but then also it's the collector, the enthusiast, the person that's going to buy the Energon edition tomorrow, the person who... Has the disposable income that watched this show uh, many moons ago, and collects the figures and so on and so forth. So, uh, I think there's probably more adults than kids that are playing this. In a long way, yeah. answer. Yeah, at a, at, a, <clears throat> at a business
2: perspective, I also say the card games are unique that they can they can be said that they're marketed towards kids and they're marketed towards adults. There, you know, there, there's something, you know, about them, that that's weird that I've noticed even since Magic. That they say, oh, it's a kid's game, but when you really go to like competitive scenes and stuff, you're not seeing, you know, hardly any kids in any as as the top players or anything like that. And you know, with the with the rise of card games and esports and like, especially with Magic, had a big push of becoming, you know, big kind of like. Uh, you know, non-sports kind of sports game uh, in the late 90s, early 1000s and stuff. Uh, it, with with Transformers, it's also, you know, it's also the same. You know, they can say, hey, we're, we market it to kids. It's a Transformers. Every, you know, every kid loves Transformers. But then you have the people that's my age that, you know, love Transformers as a kid who also played Magic growing up. Hey, I know card games or they played Pokemon or they played Yu-Gi-Oh. It's like, hey, now we've got something that I like from a kid. That's got a card game, and look, it's even uh, you know thriving. It's in four expansions now. Competitive scene is you know thriving and going. Um, I so I would say at first the game was probably marketed more towards kids because it was in Walmart readily. Now you know Walmart doesn't even sell the single packs now. So you know it, it's it's real weird. Uh, Transformers is real weird. They want to market it to everyone, but since it's still so new, they you know they have to market it to everyone. They can't yeah. find any sure. So
1: so this is this is where the reason I asked this question is because I kind of felt it would be different. There are for when I say when I think about. A target audience. I almost think about it the same way I look at as priorities, right? We all have jobs, right? We all have bosses. They all tell you, hey, this is your priority and this is also your priority and this is also your priority, right? So then what I've realized over the years is if you have three priorities, you have no priorities, right? A priority is a number one thing. I look at that the same way as I look at this target audience business, right? Because if you wanted to market this Transformers, TCG, to uh, a, an audience, right? You Because you only have X amount of dollars. Like Wizards only has, Hasbro only has X amount of dollars. If they wanted to market it to kids and make it accessible for, let's say, you know, 8 to 14, right? I believe that's an age group. Uh, 8 to 14, then you're going to market that in a different way. That's going to be in like these youtube videos with those influencer people who all these kids open up all this stuff on like my kids watch that crap all the time um that's where it's going to be advertised it's going to be advertised and you know your eye what if it's a three foot level at the the toys R Us store or not toys R Us, but uh target and walmart and all that stuff for this game from what i've seen so far the they want to move they're using the tcg business model they're moving booster boxes right and i don't care what type of parent you are you could be the coolest parent ever you're not buying your kids a 100 dollar booster box off of a whim like typically right i just went to a um i went to that release event for this past past um you know the set that came out wave 4 I personally bought a box. Uh, A guy with me bought a box. Uh, There's a guy at the store who bought two boxes. Right? So I have not seen any advertising for this game outside of, you know, maybe some... I think every once in a while, Facebook, who spies on me, will tell me uh, about some type of Transformers thing that's happening, but that's, that's pretty much it, you know? So I have to say... You know, through all of my wizards uh, advertising that I'm involved in, I guess that they send to me. That's where I I typically see that. So it seems to me like their their advertising or their their target audience is the eighteen to thirty five right demographic male who has disposable income, and then they have packaged it in a way that's also friendly towards the. the the uh the fringe right the fringe stuff so the cartoon show which i haven't even i haven't seen that new cartoon show i'd like to check it out because i always did enjoy transformers um and then whatever other toys or you know games that they may have popping up i don't even know because that stuff isn't advertised to me because for whatever reason i am targeted for cards and events Probably because of the the way my shopping history and the way that the algorithms determine like this is the type of person that I am and and I haven't seen a whole bunch of targeting of younger people so yeah. it feels disingenuous when they say hey we're targeting this towards kids but we're not actually doing any advertising where it would impact you know kids like I have two children I haven't seen nothing that tells me hey these kids would like this for christmas and christmas is right around the corner
0: so yeah yeah and i I would imagine you know thinking back to when i was a kid the people that are playing a trading card game that are in the 8 to 14 age range are probably playing pokemon they have a nintendo switch or a 3DS, they are playing a Pokemon video game, they're watching Pokemon on TV, or they're watching people on YouTube open Pokemon stuff. Exactly. So if their parents are buying a trading card game for them, it's Pokemon cards. And if they're not playing it, they're just collecting the shiny cards uh, and whatever, looking through them. Um, So then there's the 10% of people that aren't playing the Pokemon trading card game that watch Transformers, or they're into cars, they're into robots or whatever. And, oh, there's the card game. I saw it in the aisle. Uh, I'm not posturing or positing how a kid thinks nowadays with the, the difference in media. But um, back, to, back to my original point, it's if, if the audience is us, which obviously we're playing it and we're talking about it, so it is, and there's people that listen to this podcast that are probably around the same age group, um,
1: thank you, supporters.
0: Yes, I think the 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 main thing I was trying to get at was is the is the environment welcoming uh, regardless of who's coming in to join it? And I do feel that there's a a large group of people that are part of the community that are welcoming of others, um, create an environment that, And I don't want to say safe space because that's an overused term that comes with its own connotations. But, you know, you don't want everybody to come in and think like that you're a jerk or man, this is not a a welcoming place to be. I don't I'm spending my money and extra time here. I would like the community that I'm a part of to be a welcoming welcoming one, uh, regardless if it's for kids or for parents or for newbies I think what would I want to experience and name calling and all that stuff. And, and, um, not to say that that occurs, but, um, I was going to ask, I was like, what forms are you on? These people sound like douchebags. No, 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 no. no. Yeah. There's definitely not any name calling, uh, on on the things that I'm a part of, but you can definitely just like any community, you, you find some, some caustic type conversations going on. And, uh, just just was wondering what you all thought about that and if it comes with the fact that it's just the target audience or the people that are playing it that's just how we are (laughs) that's what we're like
2: so a lot i'd say a lot of that toxicity really comes into like the the bigger like threads you know a person i've seen like on facebook and reddit usually you know everyone's pretty welcoming and then you don't really get into the, you know, the nasty stuff until you get a little post under, you know, the big rules changes and stuff like that. So, you know, usually a casual player, you know, don't really won't, you know, click into those. So for the most part, they'll see, you know, welcoming and, you know, you know, people, you know, trying to help and grow the community as much as possible. And, of course, everyone also immediately directs people, you know, go to your local Facebook Groups to find, you know, casual group area, you know, local groups and stuff. Because, you know, that's how it was with me, you know, coming in. That's why I went to Facebook on the local group. Then, you know, went a couple of times and, you know, the, uh, touching on the rule book thing too. I've i learned a whole lot of stuff that just about the basic rules going to the local group of people who's played before then you know, someone who just had the little, you know, Five paragraph play in action, play a thing and attack. You know, I'm like, oh, okay, wow, that's real in depth, guys. Yeah, uh, yeah. Their their thing was, if you really want to play, go to this YouTube page, and I'm like, what? I gotta watch a YouTube video to get the basics? Yeah, I was so I was so, so disappointed so it,
1: in that too. Yeah, yeah,
2: and it's and it's very that's very disappointing too. And I thought maybe the Energon edition would come with like a little rules roundup mini magazine or something or
0: you Can't know, so, the rules
2: edition. yeah, that's what they need. You know, even, you know, a, a starter deck needs that these days. You know, Devastator didn't even have that. And I was like, come on, you're making, you know, uh, a combiner starter deck, guys. You need a little bit more than this one page leaf, this card size leaflet. Yeah. So, so so that that for a casual player, you know, was, you know, frustrating to me starting getting into it just because of the lack of rules that come with it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, as I started getting in, you know, you find that at least the community is halfway decent until you want to start getting into the real competitive stuff. And then you can find some, you know, some toxic people or some trolls. I troll people every now and then. So it's fun to, you know, poke at people every now and then, too. But uh, yeah. but not the, not the newbies, not the newbies. But, you know, poke at the other guys who think they're the rule and They're the rules roundup guys, and like, oh no, come on, man! I ain't rule law in today.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and I think uh, for those listening, it may seem like I'm describing a community that's like no fun to be a part of. That's not at all it. It, it was more of what was everybody's thoughts on on the community and when things like uh, you know, daring escape—the card that was released in Wave Four, which is a alternate means of ending the game. There was a lot of conversation about that as a mechanic. There was a lot of conversation. You know, we're three weeks, two and a half weeks since the game's been released—the uh, Wave Four game—and. Uh, we've already had a ban because of a combo that came out. Multi-mission gear was banned. A lot of heated discussion. Do you ban the cards? Do you ban uh, the rulings? Sean, I know you. I uh, saw you talking about uh, an errata. So, mm-hmm. uh, healthy conversations, healthy uh, different opinions. Please have them and and express them in an open forum. Uh, I I was more getting at being respectful. Um, and it's hard to read tone over the internet. Uh, many of our bosses will probably say that when we send emails or whatever. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think, um, to, to end, to get off my soapboxes. Uh, for those of you that are part of the community, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, any social media, if you're a content creator on YouTube, even though I cringe when I say the word content creator, uh, just, just be mindful that, uh, we're. A year in, we are stewards of this community, and just be mindful of that. And, and uh, whether you're competitive-minded or you just build decks and fishbowl them at home, or you go weekly, just just be mindful of the way you communicate online. And that's it. Uh, I'll get off my soapbox. And Speaking we can, yeah, and, and you and and we hate you. And um, we hate you. <laughs> uh, so, rolling into the um, the banning situation, I know we've talked about when Press the Advantage got banned. We, you know, had a party and it was it was great fun. But what do you guys think of banning cards, especially this this most recent one? Which to me, the card itself is not a huge offender, uh, at face value.
2: Yeah, my as as I was saying, like on the Facebook group, it's so far we have two cards banned. Because of the same rule, you know, and it and it seems, you know, it, it only seems that this card was realized because now because of daring escape. And it's like, OK, so if why don't we just, you know, errata those cards that says that you don't get re-triggers on it, you know, you, it doesn't re-trigger every time. You know, because that's what it comes down to. And, you know, some people argue, well, you got to change the whole rule. And it's like, no, you can just errata those cards. You know, I know Watsy is trying to say they don't want to have, like, a, you know, card erratas for Transformers. They want to try to keep it as simple as possible. And what's on the card is always on the card, and that's how it is. But, you know, if you're going to start having, you know, card bans... Then, you know, put some erratas, you know, errata it or reprint it to where, you know, let's get swap parts only, let's have in parentheses, uh, does not trigger, you know, re-trigger, it does not re-trigger anything, you know, or, you know, with multi-mission gear, just put a ban on it that says it only counts when it's, you know, played or something, you know, you don't, you don't have to ban cards and you don't have to keep, you know, even a, a, a rule that is causing card bans every, you know, other set. Uh, you know, it, it seems like, you know, just because of that ruling. You know, uh, you know, Magic's done it. You know, let's either do the rules, do the individual band, you know, card erratas or reprints. You know, no reason to actually go to full-on bans first off. That, that's just my thoughts.
1: I'm thinking maybe they have the rules team has something right in the in the works, right? Maybe with the with the physics of how the game works, if they were to, you know, make erratas or changes now, it would affect something going down the line. I don't, I don't know. Kind of like that. um Was that? that the business with that cars uh, equipment? The one that lets you re-radio, it is that? Turbo chargers? Turbo boosters? Where they had, uh, went ahead and just changed the ruling on how that works now. It's like it no longer stays on if you flip it and it's not in card mode. That type of thing.
2: Right? Yeah, something like that. Um,
1: So, I mean, it's it's, it's a tough, you know, it's a tough look, right? Like, I, I don't know what the answer is because I don't even understand honestly the multi-mission gear and maybe you guys can explain it to me like I'm a five-year-old. Um, because it, I hadn't seen the combo, it
2: kind of it kind of triggers an infinite kind of loop thing, to where you get the multi-mission gears and the daring escapes. Uh, if, you know, if you know what that card does for each yeah. Autobot you have, well, the the whole thing is you get a couple of specialists with the multi-mission gears, and then you're, you know, a, as you're re-triggering. Those multi-missions, your daring escapes keep coming up as the free action. So then you take away, you know, the the cards from the game and then you know, and everything. And it, it's.
1: But it, how do you I get have, multi, how do you get multi-mission gear onto another specialist? Private uh, Red Heat. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. So you're, yeah. So Red Heat acts as the swap parts. Got it. I
1: see.
0: Yeah. You know, so, or
2: yeah. or you could even just a rod of red heat that says you know uh, does not retrigger. You can swap them; just doesn't retrigger.
0: Yeah, that's that's the thing. It's like there's not red heat is the only card right now that allows you to swap upgrades. Am I wrong in saying this?
2: Yeah that
0: that's it. Yeah. Okay. I, haven't I, thought, so, I haven't found another one. Yeah. Yeah. So if an upgrade is moved from character to character it's only initial play and that's it i mean that makes sense mm-hmm. um the only cards that would be confusing would be the wave one cards that say put instead mm-hmm. of play so uh, i don't know jet oh. fire. uh there's a few cards that, that come to mind that say put instead of play so put, down. yeah hunker down yep
1: Oh, this well, this is ridiculous. Anyway, just I hadn't seen Private Red Heat before, mm-hmm. but the super easy one is, hey, uh, X tap <laughs> like every other reasonable you know card with that type of ability has. Like the reason that this is a problem is because you don't have to tap this card in order to trigger this ability. That's the reason that this is a problem, mm-hmm. right? And you can do it more than once per turn, but still, the the fact that you do not have to uh tap this card in order to trigger that ability that's your issue yeah. there's a problem right there
2: that's a, a lot of issues but you know
1: but but the but the
2: whole but the best thing to do is i'll just ban the card you know <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, With, which, and, and multi-mission gear is a good card for special and it's one of the few cards that's for specialists that are actually good
1: oh yeah. never mind you do have so, to tap I, I was just reading that wrong. It says, scrap a white card from your hand, choose two of your characters. Yeah, That's I think it is
0: a tap ability. Yeah. It
1: is yeah. a tap ability. Okay. Yeah,
0: yeah so I but, just don't.
1: Yeah. I haven't seen it in action. I'll have to Google it.
0: Yeah, like you said, Sean, I mean, what was it? Uh, multi-mission tool, or multi-tool, specialist mm-hmm. card from Wave 1, multi-mission gear. There's a couple of cards that have come out since. Um, uh, I think it was reactive armor. Uh, one of the, the armors is a specialist. Mm-hmm. To, specialist That's against a different Covert armor or something. Yeah, covert armor. So, yeah, it's a bummer that that card now, if you're just running a specialist deck or a deck with specialists in it, and you are running that because you've got to do what it does, which is what uh, extra, you get plus one, and then you get to play an action. So that was cool, but now since Daring Escape exists, that part gets cut. And I could see why they wouldn't just outright ban Daring Escape because they probably spent a lot of time thinking of an alternate win condition and they don't automatically want to just kill that. It'd be like if Yu-Gi-Oh! was like, oh yeah, Exodia. Yeah, no, well, Exodia. no more Exodia, would, actually.
2: <laughs> they, they would be turning like transformers into magic at that point it's like oh we just released a set and three weeks later we gotta ban this card <laughs> you know I've, I've seen that where you know they had to limit cards and ban cards just weeks and you know a couple of months or so after you know expansion release just because that card the you know the the play testers didn't see something with that card you know, but it, you, know, you you give it to the nerds and they are yeah. going to mathematically destroy your game. Yeah.
0: And that, <laughs> that's what a lot of people do. As soon as there's card spoilers that start coming out, they say, yep. OK, here's the cards that already exist. I've seen these cards and they just start crafting and crafting and crafting. Mm-hmm. They don't want you to tell anybody about it if you are their buddy. And you're like, oh, man, that's a crazy broken combo. It's like if you talk to anybody about this, I will shank you. Yes.
2: Yeah. <laughs> that and then I'm then I'm gonna go to the best tournament around. I'm gonna win that thing, get me a box or two, and then it's gonna be all over the internet. And then yeah. that's when it's gonna. <laughs> yeah. And hey, I don't
0: blame them. them. I I, I do I not blame.
1: I love it. I I hope that happens because uh, it was just like I think somebody who did that specifically is like, hey, I figured out something is broken. I wanted to go play. Oh. And. Going back to what uh, Cam was talking about before, the more that happens, the more people will pick up the game and become interested in it because it'll get like that kind of publicity. Oh my god, did you hear this thing, this cool thing happened with somebody at some event? What's this game? I want to go and check it out, you know. So
2: Oh, it well, it also goes back to like uh, for me, like the, the the Pokemon, you know, cartridge games on the uh uh sp the the game boy uh sp and everything but the ev training you know you the freaking nerds turned what should be a normal little fun pokemon game of catching monsters and had me to the point where i'm like all right i gotta get my macho brace gotta got 100 up to 100 evs then i can start (laughs) training then i gotta start eating berries then
0: (laughs) you gotta give them calcium and protein and
2: And then then they're showing up with, you know, Pidgeys and absolutely destroying everybody at, you know, Toys R Us little tournaments and meetups and everything. And it's like, are you kidding me?
0: Yeah. (laughs) But, but yeah, yeah.
2: I mean, I love that stuff. But, you know, I also kind of, you know, I'm like, damn nerds, couldn't you have given us like two weeks? (laughs) (laughs) I
1: love it. I love it. And it makes me interested in playing. You know, even back then, I was like, "Man, what happened here? What they got some buzz going on, and something crazy happened? Oh, I want to get in it. I want to get involved." Yeah.
0: yeah, I'd say I'm for bands as long as they're killing degenerate play styles. If if there's something that can be done as a one size fits all, and it's it's good going forward, and then you design with that in mind. Uh, I, I, whatever that solution is, I, I think it's the best, especially since they determine what comes out next, right? Agreed. Yeah.
2: Uh, you know, I'm for bands as long as they're for good reasons. Press the advantage, perfect reason to ban it. A way overpowered car. Swap parts, multi mission gear. You know, you can just make a simple errata. So, you know, I'm for bands, but I'm also, again, I'm, I'm only for bands as long as they make sense. And these two don't make sense to me.
0: Yeah. Unban. Um, uh, Unban. uh, Not. Don't even unban. Press the advantage. Really. Re-release it as a star card.
2: Yeah. Or or a no pip card.
0: There you go.
2: Making it fishable was the worst thing they could do.
1: (laughs) I do appreciate you guys listening. This has been Brandon, Sean, and Cam over here bringing you the latest news from the world of Transformers TCG. I appreciate you guys listening.
0: Yeah, thanks for joining the Double Fibcast, and we'll see you next time. See you all later. Laters.